Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the latest Outsport podcast. This is a Jib in Los Angeles. Sid is on a plane somewhere, so will not be joining us. Um, and our podcast is sponsored by AT&T Mobilizing the World. But I am on with a uh, guest host today, and it is Eric Hall, um, one of our contributors who writes the very popular uh, Athletes Roundup. Eric, are you there? Yeah. How are you, Jim? Great. I'm good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Roanoke, Virginia. That's that's where I uh, work full-time as the assistant sports editor at the Roanoke Times. Great. Any bad weather? like they got in the Midwest yesterday? Um, it's it's still kind of mild and uh, mild weather here right now, so it hasn't gotten too bad yet. Well, good. Well, thanks for joining us. In a couple of minutes, we'll be joined by Dale Scott, the first uh, publicly gay Major League umpire. Just finished his 30th year, so uh, I want to talk to him about how his season went. He said he would do a podcast with us after the seasons and wanted any Thing to take away from his umpiring duty, so we'll, we're glad to have him. But um, Eric, talk a bit about uh, you were writing. You've been writing this athletes roundup for Outsports this fall, where you're kind of looking at what various LGBT athletes, coaches, administrators in colleges are doing, and, and um, how fulfilling has that been? And what have you kind of learned from doing this in terms of the numbers of people out there and their accomplishments? Um. It's been exciting to see uh, the excitement the athletes have to to get the attention. Like, they'll, they'll uh, some of them will contact me, uh, letting me know how they're doing, and um, so they're excited to have that. Um, as far as looking at the numbers, um, this is probably partially due to like who gets written about. But I was surprised putting this together how many Division One athletes there are that are out. I I would have figured it, it was going to be more the lower levels, but that, as I said, that probably has something to do with Division One athletes are more likely to get written about um, because they get more exposure for their sports. Um, not I'm not saying that there are more gay athletes in Division One, but um, but that kind of surprised me as I was putting together the list of who all the uh, athletes are that are currently out. And the other thing that surprised me was how few women athletes there are that are out and. Um, I that I'm not as sure why why that would be um but well uh, I I mean I I think part of it is selection people who often will raise their hands and and want to you know write their story for Oscars have tended to be men there are a lot of women who are out probably I'd say more out on their teams because we only write about people who are publicly out who've been written about in the media because obviously we can't cover every college and university in the country so there are a lot of women who be playing whatever sport who simply are out on their teams, but not no one's told their story for various reasons. Um, so I think that's a big factor in it, um, and it, we, we've tended to see it in terms of who kind of raises their hands and says, hey, I want to write a story for out sports. They've tended to be men, and a lot of times it's guys who know somebody else who's written their story. So I think one of the goals we're trying to get announced uh, out females, because I would think, 
My guess is, having done this for all these years, there are more out women on various teams than probably there are men. But for some of them, it's like they just don't really, you know, the, the publicity doesn't necessary. They're comfortable who they are on their teams and, and doesn't go beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know I, I did my master's at the University of Missouri, and there um, I was I, – I talked to a, a member of the women's basketball team about a story. It didn't ever materialize. Um, while I was there, and she said the whole time she was she was there at Missouri, there was she had a, another uh, LG, another gay teammate with her on the team. So she was never the the only one on the team. So um, just using that as an anecdote, um, it would seem there are a lot of women that are out on their teams, though not necessarily out publicly. Um, while there, are, I, I, as I said, I, I think there's about five or six women that are out publicly. Is is all while there's close to 40 um, male athletes um, through all divisions of NCAA and AIA that are out publicly. Well, great. Well, uh, thanks for doing that for us, but obviously you're going to be my host today because on our on-the-line now um, is, I assume it's Dale Scott. It sounds like a Portland area code. Is that you, Dale? That is me, although I'm calling from beautiful Palm Springs. Yeah, lucky you. You get to spend your winters in Palm <laughs> Springs and your summer uh, in St. Louis in August. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, let's not forget Cleveland. Well, Cleveland in April. I think it was that picture I had of you. Uh, you had basically had frostbite, it seems, on your <laughs> on your face. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks for joining us. And for those uh, listeners who aren't aware, uh, Dale has just completed his 30th year as a Major League umpire. Um, but he came out publicly for the first time last year. Your story ran in Sports, I think, December 2nd, so it's been about a year. My first question is, has the seventh inning ended yet in that Rangers-Blue Jays game? We're getting close, very close. <laughs> uh, you know, the, let me tell you something. You know, 30 years of, of doing this, like you said, um, if you would have told me before I walked on the field that day that I would have um, – a rule that I haven't seen in, in, in almost 4,000 games, a protested game, two ejections, uh, three uh, bench clearings, and two or three delays because of debris on the field by the fans, I probably would have retired right then. Uh, <laughs> it was one of the most bizarre games and one of the most bizarre innings, you know, I've ever, I've ever seen, I've ever been a part of. Well, I mean, watching the game live, you had more airtime than I think a lot of the players did that inning. I mean, there was so much going on. There was the replay. There was that – I mean, the, the plays itself were so bizarre that even the announcers, I think it was TBS, were kind of like scratching their heads about what actually the interpretation was. I mean, were you aware that people tell you that you were kind of on national TV for a good chunk of time during the seventh inning? Uh, well, for, yes, they did. I had uh, – when I walked out the field after the game, I think I had 63 text messages um, but you know, when it's happening, you're well aware that you're on, you're getting some TV time because, uh, you know, it, because, uh, and, and it, it just, you know, when, when that situation happens like that, you're, you got so many things going through your mind and you're trying to stay calm and just, and just step-by-step step do the right things to make, to make everything, uh, you know, do everything correctly, especially, uh, you know, I've never had a protested game, especially when you have a protested game that, 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 that 
kicks in a whole another set of effects where I got to get back with the crew and we got to talk about it, and make sure. Then we got to go call uh, New York on the phones to make sure that we have a real review that we that we're absolutely correct. And you know, so that takes time. But you know, once again, in all the chaos of the fans and the teams and the screaming and the yelling and the, and the emotion, you're 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 there to be calm and try to get through this. You know, one step at a time, and that's what we tried to do. And I think, quite frankly, I think the crew. I uh, did an outstanding job in, in that tough situation. Well, and one thing, and I know we're going to talk about you, the whole coming out story in a second, but this was such a fascinating game and inning. Is it, it, it speaks to something you, you talked about when we talked last year, that replay has actually made your life easier because it allowed you in this situation to get everything right. I mean, there was all this drama, but if there was no replay, there could have been this, it could have been, the, and the Blue Jays had lost the game, this giant controversy over it, that probably would have kind of lingered and kind of been the, the talking point. But the fact that there was replay that, you know, basically they were able to get everything and, and get it correct. So you've been a big fan of the system, right? Yeah, the system has actually worked, you know, really well. Now, on that particular play on, 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 on Martin hitting the, the, the hitter, you know, inadvertently, but uh, on the throwback to the pitcher, that, that in itself could not be reviewed on replay. What we were reviewing is make, making sure that we had uh, correctly enforced the rule and that, you know, that because John Gibbons, the manager of Toronto, wanted to protest, we, you know, we, we don't want to lose a protest, obviously. So you want to make sure, you know, he can't protest my judgment because he was saying that the hitter was in Martin's way. He was out of the box, which he wasn't. But that's what he was saying. I said, well, that's a judgment call. And my judgment is he's, he's in the box. Now, if you want to protest the rule that we enforce, which basically means we just kept the ball alive and he wanted the ball dead and all that stuff, um, you can protest that. I can tell you, John, you're going you're to lose that, but you can do it. I mean, that's, that's totally with, within your rights. And, of course, with them, it ended up winning. They, there was no protest filed. And, you know, I, I still had to do the paperwork on my end. But, uh, um, you know, it was just a it was just. Let me say that I was happy to get out of Toronto that uh, next morning. <laughs> well, if that is, Jose Batista's bat flip kind of, you know, solved everything for everyone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Dale, this is um, Eric Hall. Um, you, you were talking about how replay has helped with misplays. Um, Don Denkinger, known for one of the most known misplays ever. Like, did you ever talk to him about that and how – uh, how that how that play happened, and well, yeah, and, and you know, and and he's even said it in subsequent interviews and everything is that, uh, you know, basically th- those are tough plays from the standpoint that you're getting a soft toss from the first baseman to the pitcher. So, you know, we're trained with uh, with um, force play. We're looking at the base, watching the runner's foot touch the base as we listen to the throw hitting the glove, but. In that situation, you don't have a sound of the throw hitting the glove. It's a soft toss. And, and so now you have to, as an umpire, what you want to do is stay a little bit farther behind and don't, don't keep uh, moving yourself. What Don mistakenly did is kept moving himself into foul ground and, and basically got himself out of position from where he was, where he was in position. But, you know, it happens because as the play develops, you keep moving, keep moving. You have to, you know, to, you know teach yourself to stop. But, uh, yeah, I talked to Don about that. You know, Jimmy Joyce had that play with the perfect game and the last play at first base. Those plays now with replay are not going to happen. You're not going to have the Denkinger play or the Joyce play anymore because replay is going to correct obvious uh, misses by us, but it's the ones that 
you know, you just can't tell or the angle isn't quite have, you know, a, 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 you know, video evidence or, or right, right when you have the perfect angle, uh, one of the fielders steps right in front of the, the camera or the, you know, the, uh, the angle when, when the, right when you need to see what happens. So replay isn't going to solve everything. There's always going to be people that disagree with what the uh, replay official comes up with but you're not going to have the obvious misses like we've had in the past. Well, Dale, that's a good segue into, you know, why we had you on, um, that you, you came out publicly last year. Um, you'd been out within baseball, you know, at the, at the league level with the umpires for years. Um, but it was in a good way, kind of a non-story. So will you talk about your, your coming out was, how did how did that work during the whole season? Were there were there fans or other people or players who would maybe talk about it in a good way, but then it would just fade in the background? Well, to be honest with you, you know, uh, when when I started my first spring training game back in early March in uh, in Arizona, I had two players at separate times, both from the Cincinnati Reds, come up to me and say, "Hey, you know, good to see you. Congratulations. You know, you I'm so proud of you. That kind of thing." As, and that was the first day. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, this, this could be interesting. I mean, I, I really wasn't sure what the reaction was going to be. I didn't anticipate it being really negative, but I didn't think, I didn't know if anybody would say anything. It was going to be business as usual. And quite frankly, it really was business as usual. After that first day, I only had, um, for the rest of the season, I only had, I had uh, one base coach, one trainer, uh, and one other player. Uh, congratulate me. Uh, all the rest of this business as usual. Hey Dale, how you doing? How was your off season? You know, boom, boom, boom. And it was just, it was just a non-issue. And uh, I never heard anything from fans. Um, I expected that more than anything else, just because, uh, you know, fans are fans. Uh, but I didn't hear a thing from them. And 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 really, like you said, a non-story. Really, it really was. It was. It it just. Uh, it just, you know, for that first 24, 36 hours, it was like, oh, wow, and I'm getting interview requests and people are, you know, it's, it's going crazy. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, let's move on. You know, the, the news cycle's over. And, I mean, I, you know, I came out. There's not much more to talk about, quite frankly, you know, after that first 24 hours. Well, you didn't marry a Kardashian, so there really is nothing beyond the fact that once you come <laughs> out, that's the story. So. <laughs> Well, I, you know, once in a while I call my Chloe, but I won't go into that right now. But uh, <laughs> Dale, did you feel any need at any point to address the comments Daniel Murphy made about Billy Bean um, with your other umpires or with Daniel when you'd see him during the season? No, you know when I uh, when I saw Daniel, he just said hello. It was like again, like like it was you know n- nothing happened, and and we saw the Mets quite a bit this year. Um, as far as I talked to Billy Bean after that incident uh, early in spring, and and uh, you know he said you know actually you know uh, Murphy actually contact they they had a lifelong phone conversation like the next day, um, and uh, you know he was. You know, people are going to have their views, especially religious views. You don't necessarily agree with them. You don't necessarily think, you know, they're right or whatever. But they certainly are entitled to them. And and uh, but you know, overall though, in a in a in a sport that for for many years seemed like it was stuck in the in, in the old days, and it's, it's only been in the last uh, several uh, that it's really kind of progressed forward and forward and forward. I think baseball is now well ahead of the curve with. Uh, the uh, ambassador of inclusion with Billy Bean, 
with uh, you know different uh, you know all the uh, uh, gay pride um, you know at different stadiums throughout the year. Not not everybody's doing it, but you know some are. That that you know we, there's been tremendous strides in MLB and in baseball in general, and um, I'm really quite proud of uh, of how MLB has has handled this whole thing and, and how they've been you know proactive in a lot of these things. Well, it, we had a story uh, yesterday by Washington Nationals bat boy Spencer um, Clark, and you had asked for his um, email address. What was it about Spencer's story that you wanted to kind of reach out and contact him? I was only in uh, uh, D.C. one time. My, my crew only went there one time. It was in late August, and I had I was behind the plate the uh, the getaway game. It was a Sunday afternoon game, and uh, you know I walked out. We did ground rules. The, the, the managers left, and I signaled for the ball boy to bring out five baseballs to put on my in my ball bag and Spencer comes out and well, actually he came out and he said, hey, how many do you carry? I, was, I need five. So we went in and get five. My partners to run back out to the bases that they're, you know, they're warm enough. We're about ready to get going. And Spencer goes, uh, here you go. Here's, here's five baseballs. And by the way, he looked me right in the eye and he said, thank you. And I looked at him and I go, thank you for what? And he goes, just thank you. And gave me this look. And I knew immediately what he was talking about. <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's all, that's all that had to be said in him. And, and uh, you know, and, th- and then the game started, and he was doing his job, I was doing mine. Well, when I saw, uh, and, we, you know, th- nothing else was said about that, but when I saw the uh, Outsports, uh, you know, th- what he wrote, uh, I was so proud of him, you know, and I was so happy for him, and uh, I didn't have his email, and that's why I got it from you, and I, and I, I, I fired off a message, and he, he wrote me right back, and he really thanked me. He said oh, I was a big part of, of his realizing that it was okay to take this next step, and you know, that's, I've heard that a few times from people throughout the country, and that's what makes me so proud is the fact that people I don't even know and, and people that, uh, you know, they, they, they see what, what I did and they see that, you know what, um, you know, we're making progress. We're going forward. We're taking steps the right way. And, and sure, there's going to be, you know, a couple steps forward, a step behind. We understand that, but we're still uh, we're going in the right direction. And the fact that I'm basically not a story anymore <clears throat> is someday that's just going to be the norm. It's just not going to be a story. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. Dale, uh, did, when Brewers prospect David Denson came out in August, did you try to reach out to him as well, or with him being a potential <coughs> major league baseball player, did you not feel that was appropriate? No, I, I you know, I, I again, I, I actually saw Billy being uh, – uh, right after that, uh, I went to New York a lot because we have we have uh, three weeks of replay at uh, three separate weeks, and then I was there for working games. And, and so Billy is there, and and uh, we had we had dinner, and he was uh, telling me about you know the whole situation. I did not reach out to him. No, um, I was happy for him, and, and again, that's that's another step in the right direction. But uh, um, you know, I, I don't know him personally, and I, and I uh, so I just I, I didn't uh, I didn't contact him at all. Yeah, it brings up something that we had discussed about. You had been out in baseball, you know, comfortably for a lot a lot of years, but until your story <coughs> went public, it didn't have an impact beyond the people who knew. And has it changed your opinion on the importance of people who are in a position to do so, because not everyone is in a position to do it, to be able to come out and kind of basically just say who they are? Well, you know, I've been asked that a few times, and, uh, you know, coming out is a very personal decision and a very personal choice, and I'm certainly not, um, it's not for me to say that, uh, you know, 
everybody should come out or whatever. That being said, yes, I do believe that, um, you know, it's the old theory. If everybody came out, uh, people would really be uh, astounded that all the, you know, the people that they've dealt with at work or, or, you know, they see every day at the grocery store or whatever uh, happens to be gay. You know, there's a lot of people that just don't think, you know, they don't think they know anyone that's gay. They, quite frankly, probably have in their family and in their extended family and, 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 you know, friends and acquaintances and, and, and people you work with. It's, you know, once that happens, it really lets down the guard. Oh, my goodness. You know, this isn't, this isn't such a huge, you know, awful thing. <laughs> these, are, these are people I know and I love and I, and I, and I care about. So, yeah, I do think it would make a big difference, uh, you know, to do that. That being said, though, it's a very personal decision. And I I certainly know that individually that's something that, you know, people have to make. I was hit with a lot of uh, emails uh, from closeted, uh, you know, soccer officials, policemen, firemen, uh, uh, football officials. And and all of them basically said, uh, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm. You've given me some motivation. You know, you've given me something to think about. I'm, I'm getting to that position, asking for advice or those types of things, but they weren't quite there yet. And you know what? Until you're there, you, you know that's that's when you do it. You 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 know that's something that they ha- that the individual has to has to has to uh, decide. Uh, a note away from talking about your sexuality so much, a question I've, I was kind of wanting to ask you, I'm a, I'm a Cardinals fan. Uh, when you work Cardinals games and uh, you, you're right there behind Yachty Molina, what do you see that he does that makes him such a good defensive catcher and good at working with pitchers? Well, he's, he's a, he's a good receiver. Uh, you know, a, a catcher that can, the best, the best catcher, best receiver uh, and when I say receiver, it's a guy that can make almost any pitch look like a strike. Um, it's the way he catches the ball. He's strong, strong wrist. He doesn't bring the glove down. He keeps the glove up. The best one I ever had in my career was Bob Boone. Bob, Bob Boone, um, it, you know, that was obviously early in my career, but he, he made, he made it just seem like everything looked good, you know. But a, but a catcher, when you have a borderline pitch at the knee, a borderline pitch uh, on the outside or whatever, and a catcher catches it and then, you know, tries the old frame and, and kind of jerks it, you know, back toward the plate or jerks it up toward the knee or whatever. That, they're really not helping their, their, their pitchers because as an umpire, you see that jerk. Why is he doing that? He's doing that because he didn't feel that ball was, you know, was maybe it was just out of the zone. And he's trying to make it look like it did. That's not going it's the guys that, that, that can, that can, that can take that outside borderline pitch and just almost massage it when he catches it uh, to, to make it look just, you know, receive it really well. Or that, that knee pitch that he doesn't drop his glove, that keeps the glove up. And, 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 and again, you're going to give your pitcher through the course of a game, you know, several close pitches either going your way if, you are, if you're a good receiver or not going your way if, if you are a little lazy back there or, or knocking the ball down and that kind of thing. And, you know, Yachty's a very good receiver, and uh, we have a few of those guys that are, you know, that play now. There's some catchers that aren't very good receivers, quite frankly. And, they, and you know, I'm not saying that all we're going to do is look at where the guy catches or how he catches the ball, but on those very close pitches, if he can make a pitch look good or look bad, and it's going to affect, uh, you know, ask any pitcher. They want a good receiver back there because they're going to they're be uh, you know, on the plus side. 
So this may seem like a kind of maybe an obviously stupid question, but I'll ask it anyway. Are you like a baseball fan? So when you were done with your series, were you watching the rest of the playoffs? Do you watch the World Series as a as, as a fan, or do you watch it as an umpire? I watch it as an umpire. You know, I'm a fan of the game of baseball. That's why I started umpiring when I was 15 because I, I, you know, I, I knew my playing days were over because I, you know, couldn't run, hit, throw, or or, or <laughs> field. But uh, I, I, I uh, so I'm a fan of the game, but I, but I'm not a I'm not excited. when I'm watching the postseason, and that's really about the only baseball I watch I, during the season. I don't watch. You know, if I got a night game and there's a Saturday afternoon game, I'm not going to sit and watch it. I, you know, it's just not something mm-hmm. I'm going to do. The uh, the postseason, I will. A lot of times, I, I, I'm nervous as heck watching because I'm just hoping everything goes smoothly. I just hope there's mm-hmm. no, no controversy. I hope there's no uh, nothing that they can hang on on us as a group as umpires. And, 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 you know, and either be strike zone or be, you know, uh, of course, with, with replay, that changes a little bit. But, but still, that, that's how I watch the game as an umpire. And, and um, my favorite sport now is football. I've got season tickets for the Ducks. You know, I, I love watching college football. I'll watch the NFL. Uh, that's, that's, that's where I'm a fan fan. But uh, baseball, I'm a fan of the game, but I'm, I'm very much part of the game. So it's a whole different perspective. What's it like being a Ducks fan this year? It's sort of a season in transition. Oh, we we uh, we flew south early, <laughs> and um, <laughs> it was it was I was I happened to be off the week that Oregon was at home against Utah and just got massacred, and I hadn't seen it. Uh, well, you know, that was the most points ever given up at, at Odson. Uh, the last time was like 1977 or something. The last time I saw something like that. Um, yeah, it's been a little, t- you know, trying to replace the Heisman Trophy winner is obviously a little bit tougher than we thought. Um, although, uh, you know, Adams is, is now healthy and they're, they're playing better. I, it's been a tough year, but it, we had a heck of a run, eight, eight, 10 year run, something like that. And we have a lot of, a lot of good skilled players, a lot of good players, uh, uh, you know, and young players. So I think, you know, it is a transition year, kind of a, rebuilding year a little bit but uh you know i'm a duck fan from back in way back when when you had maybe two wins a year and if one of them was over oregon state you were pretty happy you know i mean that was, that was pretty much it. that was that was the highlight of your your year if you beat the beavers in the civil war and and so uh you know i i, I can put everything in perspective but yeah it was the last few years have been quite a run it was a lot of fun bill what's it like to be at track meets at hayward field and how often have you gone to track meets there? Well, you know, I haven't been to a track meet in Hayward Field in, in, in several years. I've been living in Portland now since 86. And, uh, of course, you know, track and field for the most part is during the baseball season, and I'm just not around. But uh, it's got, you know, Hayward Field's got a lot of history. I'll tell you, Eugene is nuts about track. I mean, they are insane. Uh, track Town USA for sure. And, uh, and, and people just, the, the enthusiasm and the support and the passion that people show for track and field in Eugene is, is really remarkable. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen, you know, duck basketball at the old Matt court, which was a lot of fun just because just the, that old rickety building really could just literally uh, moving scoreboards with the fans going crazy. You know, the new uh, Matthew Knight arena, I've only seen one game there uh, in basketball, but basically uh, it's football. I, I have season tickets. I don't get to see all the home games, obviously, but, um, I went to the Arizona State triple overtime game a couple of weeks ago uh, in Tempe, and that was that was a lot of fun for us, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's it just I, I just that's that's what I enjoy the most. 
Well, and where, where's the Oregon State game this year? It's in Eugene. Uh, the day Are you going? Giving. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't missed – let's see. Let me put it this way. Since 1972, I think I've missed three Civil War games. Uh, and uh, two you of them are, you, you are dedicated. Um, yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, we, just, uh, we're you know, almost out of time be, here, but Dale, just, I think I love yeah. the conversation in part because we talked about a lot of stuff that wasn't gay-related because in a good way it's sort of been – it's just one facet of your life, and it's an important one for a lot of people, and you've made a difference on a lot of people, but it's not one that sort of has news legs, so to speak. Right, right. And, 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 you know, that's, that's good. That's progress, I think, really. Great. Well, really appreciate you uh, being on today. And I know we'll talk to you at some other time. And when you're, when you're in LA next time, we'll get together again with Dave Copay and have another lunch. And uh, it's, uh, it's been just great talking to you. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, that, that was fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Well, Eric, that was a lot of fun. I mean, Dale could probably could have had him on a whole hour just talking baseball. I mean, I just was fascinated by that se- that seventh inning of the of the Blue Jays game was just, I mean, just bizarre. Yeah, that went on and on. It seemed like fifty three minutes. Yeah, I have, I have so. to have that on and, and watch watch it, and I couldn't believe how long how long it kept going. Luckily, that wasn't well, cool. Eric, that thanks, night. Eric, that I'm sorry to cut you off, but we're running out of time here. Um, I want to thank you, Eric Hall for being our guest host today. We'll have you back on again to talk about Cardinal baseball maybe in the spring, um, but keep writing those stories on the athletes. And um, that's about it for today. Remember, our podcast is sponsored by AT&T Mobilizing Your World. Assuming Sid's not traveling next year or climbing or next week or climbing some mountain, we'll be on, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.